Welcome to another episode of We Don't Talk About It. I'm doing a mini series on the book Outdated. It's a book club with my friend Emily where we sit down, talk about our relationship struggles, victories, and really what it looks like to have a relationship that is built on biblical principles. The book Outdated by Jonathan Bakuda is a great resource if you're wanting to learn more about what it looks like to have a relationship that's centered in Christ. So come on, have this girl chat with us. Get right into it. Cool. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of We Don't Talk About It. We are in a mini series book club going over the book Outdated by Jonathan Plakuda. Um, Again, Emily is with me. Hey, Emily. Hey. All right. So this week we are going over chapters four, five, and six, and they are so good. Um, so chapter four is love at first sight, the lie, physical attraction is ultimate, the truth, physical qualities ultimately won't last, but you can look for character that will. Um, so this is something that I feel like I struggle with on, like, it's like a double edged sword. So, Hmm. um, Recently, I think I just have come to realize that I really struggle with not feeling like I am like pretty enough, skinny enough for a guy to be attracted to me. That's something that just honestly I'm working on and mm-hmm. that like that does not matter. Um, whoever my person is going to be like, he's going to think that I'm beautiful no matter what. But I think, you know, when with okay, I don't think that guys are going to find me attractive. On the flip side, I myself am pretty critical of what guys look like, if I'm just being honest. And mm-hmm. that thought process, it scares me because I'm like, guys are probably thinking the same thing about me. So I feel like it's like this vicious cycle, which yeah. This chapter doesn't really talk about that, but I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to be honest about that when, what I struggle with when it comes to looks. So, um, thoughts on this chapter, thoughts on what I just viewed. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, I definitely felt convicted in this chapter. This is a conversation I've been having with some friends lately, especially like with the dating app culture of which I feel like he talks about in a different chapter with the, about compatibility, but I, I'm also very quick to judge. And I think, I do think physical attraction is important, but like he says, like it's not the main thing. Um, well, I, not that I disagree with this chapter. I can't remember where I marked it, but it might be a different one, but I'll just go ahead and mention it now. Like, I think, I do think it is important to be attracted to them. And I think mm-hmm that sometimes in the church and maybe not necessarily in this book but sometimes in the christian world we hear like looks don't matter at all you know only date for character like looks can you know or your attraction can grow over time and i think that's totally true but i think that also kind of shames people Mm. like in a way that's like oh like if you are attracted that's almost a bad thing or like if you're drawn to someone in that way that's you know you're 
that's all you're focusing on. And I don't think, I just want to preface this chapter by saying, like, that's not a bad thing to be attracted to someone. And it's even better if they're a, you know, wonderful, godly man. Um, Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, the difference between, you know, a good guy friend and someone you want to marry is that romance and, like, physical attraction. And not even physical, but emotional attraction that goes beyond a friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just want to, like, I think it, it is an important thing, but it's not the most important thing by any means. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. And I think I think it is something that in the church and this lie that we believe that, like, oh, looks don't matter at all. Or the flip side that, you know, just, just date for someone who you're attracted to and not have. Mm-hmm. I truly, what I got out of this chapter is that like love at first sight is fleeting. Like, yeah, you may like, hypothetically, you may look at someone and be like, oh my gosh, he's so attractive. Then you like get to know him and his character is also there. And yeah, you know, you live happily ever after. And I don't even like using that because I don't really believe in happily ever after. I believe right. working hard at a relationship and sacrifice yeah. for one another. But so that can happen. But is that like the rule? No, I think it's the exception. And I think that mm-hmm. having just the awareness that a guy who is really attractive might not be the best for you and might not mm-hmm. be a healthy space to lead you, to encourage you to be your teammate who's running after Jesus, who you're equally yoked with. Like those, those looks will fade. And so don't get caught up in the love at first sight. Yeah. And I think I've had an, issue with the even the phrase love at first sight for a long yeah. time like you can't love someone mm-hmm. without knowing them like right. I just don't think there's such thing I think there's definitely like you know interest at first sight yeah. attraction at first sight lust infatuation like yeah. I think you could be drawn to someone but I just think it's kind of a stupid phrase honestly it's just not like possible you have to know someone to actually be able to love them right um and this, yeah. and this may be kind of going off on a tangent, but I just think in society, we um, use the word love very flippantly. Yes. And I was ha- having a conversation with my roommate the other day about um, love and how I have found myself that it's really hard for me. You know how like when you meet someone and like you're hanging out with them a little bit, just like on a friendship level and they're like, love you, girl. And I have a really hard time. Like I do I do not say it back. <laughs> like, yeah, I, because those words, I think from my past have been damaged. Um, I yeah. said, I love you to my ex. And then the last two years of our relationship where it was really messy and we were sleeping around and it just, or we were sleeping with each other and it just wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't healthy. wasn't gone honoring. I said, I love you to him. And he didn't say it back for like two years. Mm. And I think that, from that, it's just like a kind of a wound that I am very closed off to even like say those words, I love you, even in a friendship type of way. Because yeah. I want it to really mean something because I do believe that like love is an action and a verb. And I think that I think it's this chapter where he talks about that. Is that true? Or maybe it's the next chapter. It's either this or the next. They kind yeah. of flow into each other well. Um but I, I also really resonate with what you just said about, like, almost being triggered by that word in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I kind of had an opposite experience in that my the only time I've ever told a guy I love him like romantically was my first relationship um but I remember when he first said I love you which was one way too early and definitely out of infatuation and not actual love but I remember saying it back and then later I was like yeah I don't think I actually love him yet (laughs) which was so bad but um at the time when he first said it he would say it all the time because he was just so like excited to yeah think he was in love and I had to tell him to not say it as much because not getting into too much detail but I have a family member who has pretty severe OCD Mm -hmm. and would obsessively say I love you to the point to all of our, our other family members to where it was very annoying and kind of just watered down that phrase and so I remember when that, my first boyfriend would say you know I love you Emily I love you I love you you know good night I love you I kind of had to tell him to stop saying it because it was yeah. triggering for me which is a very you know unique situation but it just kind of goes to show how that phrase can get manipulated and watered yeah. down and used in ways um where we don't actually mean what we're saying anymore right right for sure for sure and I think like not always going back to the Enneagram but like being (laughs) I'm very black and white and you know you being a one you're very black and white as well Mm -hmm. so like for me when someone says it flippantly I'm like well do you don't really know me like it's a really big thing for me to feel like really known and seen yeah I mean, I, I know other people feel that way, but like, I think it is like a black and white, like good, bad, evil, good versus evil. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I think that when someone says it to me and when I say it to someone, like there is a lot of weight and action behind it. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you. I don't even really think I use or believe the phrase love at first sight because I'm like yeah I cannot love someone at first sight I I definitely have those walls up mm-hmm. yeah um other other things on this chapter that stood out to you um I don't know I think it's it's given me a lot to think about because on the one hand I I think it is really wise to, you know, date people who maybe you aren't immediately physically attracted to them, you know, but you know, they have great character and they love Jesus and they're like running the race the same, you know, speed that you are and direction. But I also think, um, you know, if you're, I had a situation like this recently with someone, you know, you're going on multiple dates and, you know, really giving this guy or girl a chance but those that attraction isn't developing over time, I think it's okay to end things. Like I really, I don't think you need to push yourself to, you know, get into a relationship with someone that you're genuinely not attracted to. And like we've talked about attraction is deeper than physical. I mean, it's, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's personality, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wrestling with this recently. I actually had a good friend who was in a similar situation and we were like, you know, we both had been kind of, going on dates with these guys that we, you know, were either set up with or met on a dating app and um, knew they were great guys and he had great character and all of that. And, you know, had a lot of the things we were looking for, but ultimately like, not that the feelings weren't there, but just that like attraction wasn't there. Um, And that was hard to wrestle with because we both were like, are we being too critical? You know, are we being unrealistic with our expectations? And, And, you know, we reflected on it a lot and had some friends be like, 
are you excited to see this person? Like, do you get excited when they text you? Like, that's not, you know, physical attraction. That's just attraction period. Are you drawn to them? Do you get excited to spend time with them? And I was like, sometimes not really, you know, (laughs) especially early dating, like you should be excited to spend time with them and like be in their presence. And if that's not there after like, you know, a good number of dates, I think it's okay to be like, I'm not really into this person, even if they have great character. Like we don't have to date every guy that has great character, you know? Yeah. There's lots of great guys who you could potentially marry, but that doesn't mean that you have to marry, you know, all of them. Totally. Yeah, you can pick. And I love that, like, I love how you've been explaining attraction and how it's not just physical. Like, that, yeah, if you're not excited about them, if you're not friends with them, if you don't enjoy their company, if it, it, there's just so much more to, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I really think it's an excitement, at least especially yeah. early on. It doesn't have to be the, like, giddy butterflies all the time, but initially you're not like really excited to spend time with them and maybe you're a little nervous because you think they're really cute you know just kind of all of those right Um, again it doesn't have to be like yes it's a feeling in one sense but it's also just kind of being drawn to someone you know like I get drawn to certain friends when I meet them I'm like oh I really think we're gonna click like super excited to hang out with them I think they're a really cool person I want to get to know them more and obviously like I'm not physically attracted to my friends but yeah it's, it's that you're attracted to them as a person right And I think that the same goes, um, goes along with dating guys. Yeah. And I think when you have the right, and I don't want to say the word right, like other people are wrong, but when you have a (laughs) a healthy perspective of what attraction looks like, that's when I feel like dating apps become really hard to navigate. Um, and on page 69, I'm just going to read this little, um, part of it because I just find that it's so true and when I read this I was like yes you put into words exactly what I'm thinking and so he just kind of goes down the lines of you know guys complain that they ask girls out and they say no and girls complain that they never get asked out and so this is what he said After doing a little research, I figured out what was happening. Guys are asking girls out, but they are asking out all the same girls. They go straight to the top and they ask out the hottest women. Let's say it's the top 10% just for the sake of discussion. Now those women get asked out all the time. So they're picky. They have to be. If all of the women, if all of the men are asking out just 10% of the women, then that 10% have to say no to the vast majority of them as the, as a result, 90% of men are almost almost nothing but no, leading them to thinking that's what all women say. Meanwhile, the other 90% of women are rarely asked out at all, resulting in their valid complaint about men not asking everyone. Men complaint about men not asking. Everyone ends up frustrated. And... I literally had this like discussion with my guy friend about um, dating apps in particular and how Mm -hmm. like I feel like the really, really attractive guys get all these matches. They can like kind of do whatever they want. And then the average normal people, which my friend, I would just say he's just like an average normal guy. He's like he's handsome, but he's not, you know, like a movie star. Right. And, and I feel like I'm the same, like 
I'm kind of average too. And so we're, we're not getting a lot of matches. I'm not on dating apps right now. Not that mm-hmm. uh, but just, <laughs> there. um, but I, when JP said that, I was like, you know what? I think that is actually true. I think that yeah. kind of sums it up in that. And you can translate that in a dating app perspective. And then also in real life too, um, yeah. that just, if we're being frank, the average people aren't getting asked out all the time, which is sad because I feel like we should be, but I think it's the truth. Yeah. I wish there were dating apps that like, I mean, yeah, pictures are great, but like highlighted character in some way or had like, you know, reviews from your friends or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like a character witness, which, uh, you know, a girl can dream, but <laughs> I, I just think they're inherently physical. And like I've I've only recently gotten off dating apps. Like I've been off and on for years. Yeah. But I honestly feel great not being on it right now. Yeah. And it's it's just very hard. Even like no matter how much you've worked on your heart and like really trying to, you know, orient yourself to be attracted to the right things in terms of like what God wants us to be attracted to, right. you're still gonna fall into the trap of like he's cute, he's not, oh. she's cute, she's not. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But I think the beautiful part is like a guy that you're attracted to isn't necessarily a guy that I'm attracted to. And so hopefully it all works out in the end. (laughs) So totally. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, you know, beauty is um, it's not one thing. It's very it's fleeting, but it's also like flexible in a way. Like we all see the world differently. We all appreciate beauty in different ways. For sure. For sure. Well, any other last thoughts before we move on to chapter five? I don't think so. I think we've hammered home the main things. Yeah. All right. So chapter five, love is a feeling. Ooh, I, oh, this one's going to get me fired up. So this was my favorite chapter. So the lie, you should follow your heart, the truth. You should tell your heart what to follow. I love that statement. I literally, um, when people say there's a few like very, I don't want to use the word worldly, but it is like worldly, worldly yeah. sayings that people say and follow your heart is one of those things where I just want to gag because I'm like, we are like, if I follow my heart, I literally will be running towards death. Like everything yeah. that I'm wanting to do is not good for me. It's not good for me. Um, so yeah, I, I really loved this one. So what what are your thoughts because you just said that you loved it so yeah I mean I'm right there with you I it was very convicting and also very like validating and things I've been feeling for a while mm-hmm. um like frustrations I've been having like at myself at the world and yeah I, I'm right there with you with the follow your heart it's it's one of those things that sounds it's very sneaky you're like oh yeah follow your heart that sounds great because I think it can get confusing right like if you know we have Christ living in us and like we have his spirit guiding us Mm -hmm. sometimes you can kind of rationalize like oh like following my heart is following god and i think also you know christians myself included will make the almost excuse of oh like god wants to give us the desires of our heart but the thing is he wants to give us the desires of our heart that match up with his will not every desire of our heart like i had a pastor explain that once and i was like oh (laughs) that makes a lot (laughs) i was like that makes sense that makes yeah, like, he's not a magic genie. Like, yeah, the desires on my heart, sometimes it's for, you know, godly things. Other times it's like, I want cute clothes. I want a cute Instagram boyfriend. Right. And I want this and that. And, you know, 
yes it's like if god longs to give us every desire of our heart then we'd have all those things <laughs> and it's like if it's not good for us and it's not like what he wills for us it's not gonna come to fruition and i think it's really cool like when the desires of our heart match up with his will then he like delights in giving us those things because that's what he wants for us um i think that's where the beauty of like giving us him giving us the desires of our heart really is yeah um because i but i think the purpose of that verse i can't remember i think it's a proverbs or a psalm honestly but i i think the point of it is really to like for us to be praying for our hearts to be aligned with his will so that we are desiring the things that he actually wants yes. for us yes yes um uh, yeah absolutely um they're on page 81 it's at the top it's feelings are real but they're not reliable mm-hmm. um and i i really love that as well because i think i have a hard time sometimes letting myself feel what i'm actually feeling um it takes me a long time to process things um and so it's good it's a good reminder that feelings are real but just mm-hmm. feeling about it doesn't mean that it's truth. Um, yeah. And uh, kind of halfway down the page, it says feelings are also not a reliable judgment of reality. I may feel that something or someone is right for me, but that feeling doesn't automatically make it true. Facts trump feelings. And the fact is you can feel intensely in love with someone who is incredibly wrong for you. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, yeah. I that gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Like, oh uh, yeah. That it's so real. I I also highlighted that little paragraph as well. And I was like, it's just the rose-colored glasses yeah. analogy of, you know, you can f- feel all these feelings and it's great, but then you have people in your life who are like, Emily Beck like this guy's not good for you or you know here are all these red flags and you're like oh no but I'm just so in love you know he's so great and it's like okay you're feeling those things and those are valid and like don't push your feelings away but also acknowledge like your feelings you know are constantly changing and have no stake in reality and oh man yes yeah So, so good. So it was this chapter that love is a verb. So mm-hmm. um, it's true that love is a feeling that is one definition of the word. It's a noun because a feeling is a thing. It's a thing you experience. It's something that happened to you. Um, yeah. I, I truly believe that love is a choice. Love is an action. Um mm-hmm love is not a feeling I I mean I just don't believe that it is yeah um so yeah it this this chapter was just so good basically to everyone listening if you haven't gotten the book yet I don't know what you're doing just go get the book (laughs) (laughs) yeah very true (laughs) because it's it's really good so um yeah other things that you highlighted or stood out to you in this chapter um, I think he goes love and another back into the your heart, you know, Can myth you or whatever it is. Can you repeat that? Well, it, it, like cut out for a second. Oh, you're good. Yeah. So, 
it looks like, you know, in the beginning, he kind of gives us a new definition of what love actually is and then goes more into, you know, the whole following your heart mantra or whatever. Mm-hmm. And something that I really highlighted was his discussion about like training your heart and guarding what you're consuming (laughs) and his whole section about like social media and you know books and music and movies and I was like yep that's been one of my big revelations of the past couple months has been like you know really just kind of taking inventory of what I've been consuming yeah um and even like Instagram like you and I are both on Instagram you know we have accounts that we're trying to grow and reach other you know young Christian women I think that's a beautiful thing and a ministry but it's really hard and it's a Instagram is it's 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 inherently you know about pictures and about beauty and making it all about ourselves and it's very difficult to grow something and connect with people while trying to make it about Jesus, yeah. but also making it like attractive. Right. And so yeah. lately I, a couple of weeks ago I went through and I unfollowed about like six or 700 people. Yeah. And I've, I've done that routinely over the months, but I really made myself go, okay, mm-hmm. am I excited to follow this person? And if I wasn't like, heck yes, I want to see yeah. their stuff. It was an automatic unfollow. Yeah. At first I was feeling kind of guilty of like, you know, oh, friends from nursing school or college or whatever, you know, I I should follow them, you know, but I kind of went through and I was like, if I'm not actively friends with this person, or maybe they were a friend before, and I genuinely want to keep up with their life, or their family member, or, you know, an influencer who I genuinely really look up to, then I, like, why am I following them? There's, I should not be following people out of guilt, or feeling like I owe someone to follow, or, you know, whatever excuses I had made, and I tell you, uh, I have felt so much better with social media to where I get on. And I'm excited to see what my friends have shared. I'm excited to watch people's stories. Like it's right. genuinely fun and safe. I also had my sister go block all of my ex-boyfriends, <laughs> like all these things I just had put off yeah. you know, to really make social media a safe space. Yeah. Um, you know, I unfollowed random people who were just constantly posting wedding content. If I'm not like actively yep. friends with them, I was like, I don't need to see this, you know? Right. Um, and it's, I don't think it's canceling them because I'm very anti-cancel culture, but I think it's more of just really protecting your heart and being Absolutely. very picky with yeah. what you are taking in. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with that so much. Um, I like put on my Insta story. This was gosh, probably like, two months ago or whatever, I followed this girl who is an influencer. I mean, great girl, loves Jesus, you know, really just sharing great content. She got engaged and I was like super jealous of her. And I was like, I don't need to follow her. I don't know her personally. I just unfollowed her. I was like, in your heart against who you follow is a real thing. And also just like what you consume. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's very easy. And I mean, I'm a girl and I don't, I'm not in a guy's brain, so I can't relate right. to that. But for women, I feel like we're told like, oh, we can watch rom-coms. We can watch these, you know, romantic things. And yeah. I don't know if there's anything bad with it, but there have been some shows that like my friends have suggested and I've watched them and I've been like straight up cannot watch this. It's not good for mm-hmm. my heart. It's not good for my heart. Um, it's making me feel lustful. It's, it's just not good for my heart. And I think that we have to be aware of the fact that we have to fight against it 
constantly. Well, there's something's going on with our um, connection. So obviously we just need to move on to the next chapter. (laughs) Okay. So chapter six, a perfect match. The lie. You have to find someone who likes all the same things you do. The truth. You just need to find someone with one major common interest. Um, thoughts on this chapter yeah let me flip through um I mean he had a lot to say about dating apps and yeah. I can't remember if it was this chapter or a previous one where I literally wrote I disagree <laughs> about something um where was it oh okay so there are a couple things. I liked this chapter and I've loved the book so far, but I think it's also helpful to kind of point out like things I might not disagree with and might not agree with. Um, I think he was a little harsh about dating apps, to be honest. Um, I, I also don't love them and I don't think it's ideal, but it, it felt like he was pretty dismissive of them in general, where I think that I really think they can be used well um to like meet great people and you know make mm-hmm. great connections granted we just spent a couple minutes talking about how they're inherently physical <laughs> but I just I don't think it's an all or nothing and I think he was yeah. he was saying you know it's it's not ideal but it's an option kind of thing um right. I don't know my perspective like I, I don't love them and I would very much prefer to meet my future husband I'm not on a dating app right but I've used them I've used them well I've used them poorly yeah and I just, I think as someone, like, he's never been on a dating app, and so I think it's, I don't know. I just didn't love that section, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, to be honest, I read this chapter, like, a couple weeks ago, so I don't really yeah. know all of it, but, and I don't know if it, he said it in this chapter or if he's just, like, said this in general life about dating apps, um, and I do agree with this statement that you have to choose your hard and with dating apps there's hard things and so like if if you want to weed through like the people that might not be the greatest or whatever like it's going to be hard and so you're you're too you just need to go into it knowing like it's going to be challenging yeah um which I do agree with um but he he does say on page 107 the result of being yoked together therefore is that the two of you have to be going at the same direction at the exact same speed at all times um and i um to have like a a healthy relationship and i really agree with that in the way of a perfect match like i think people and i'll use an i statement with this like in the past i have thought like i need a guy to have X, Y, and Z for it to be a perfect match. Mm -hmm. Um, Like this is, I'm just going to use this as a silly example. Like I don't like dogs. I know it's like weird. (laughs) Lots of people love dogs. Um, And I don't tell a lot of people that because I feel like, (laughs) but whatever. I don't like, I don't like dogs. Um, And I'm like, it would be great if like my husband didn't like a dog or didn't want a dog and like all of these. Yeah. Yeah. Just other things where you're like, that would be my perfect match. It would be convenient. Right. But ultimately, like, I think what he's kind of honing in and what really what like is the culmination of this book is that you, you need to find someone that loves Jesus that's running in the same direction. Like if you want to do international missions, you probably need to find someone who's also feel called to do international missions. 
yeah. running at the same pe- speed and you are being sacrificial to one another and you're submitting to Christ and therefore like you'll have a healthy relationship. Like that is yeah. the best. That's how he designed it. And if you follow him, like ultimately you're, you're going to have the most healthy relationship. Yeah. And I think the world tells us like, you know, you have to have all of these other things. And although they can be important in some cases, they're not ultimate. Yeah. Um, So I don't even really know if that, if this chapter, honestly, what I I think, no, that makes sense. And I, I really like that a lot. Um, I just had a thought and I'm like, trying to remember what I was thinking um oh yeah just that like so many things on like my list and I'm sure your list as well in terms of what you're looking for like if, if they are truly you know not just convenience items but things right. we genuinely want and, like character qualities I think they really do fall into like the just bigger categories of wanting someone who has solid character of right. you know a person who's following Christ and is living on mission and you know has their life somewhat together and yeah. the more I'm not I'm still very young. We're both very young, but I, the older I get, the more I realize how important aligned missions are. Um, Like you were saying, like, if you know you want to do international missions, like probably best to not date someone who's like dead set on only serving in their local community, you know, and granted, like people's hearts can change and like what they feel called to can change. But like, for me, I, I'm a nurse. I plan to become a nurse practitioner. I would love to open my own private practice one day. Like I have a lot, I have a huge heart for just, you know, physical, emotional healing and women's health. And I don't necessarily have to marry someone who is also doing that, but I would like to marry someone who has complementary, um, you know, goals, whether that's in medicine, whether that's someone who's really business savvy, who could help me open the private right. practice, you know, things like that where we, we complement each other's passions and missions um and maybe we don't like all the same tv shows or music or whatever but like those things don't matter at the end of the day those things also change a lot and if we're like our hearts for a certain you know group of people or a certain cause or mission or whatever um is maybe not the exact same but again it can we can help each other that's the whole point of a marriage is like we're helpers right um and partners and that's just a really like exciting prospect i think yeah And I think that, you know, when I was 22, 23, like what I thought I wanted in a guy and what I thought I wanted in life is very different from what I want right now as a 29 year old. Mm -hmm. I think that like God's perfect match for whoever, whenever that is, um, may look different than like what my perfect match is right now. Like even... Mm-hmm. Me wanting to work in singles ministry, like that may be on my heart right now, but maybe God has something like bigger for us. That's yeah. And like the same for you, like things can change. And I think that's, that mm-hmm. we just have to trust that like God is bigger than us and he is more gracious and kind. And, um, we, we need to trust him enough that to not get caught up in like all the, all the little things and totally. in the big things, because when we surrender to him, like he can do far more greater than we could ever imagine. So, yeah, totally. And like, there's so like, just like you said, our, you know, passions and 
callings might change over time but i think all we can do now because we don't know what the future holds is like chase after to what we feel like who's calling us to right now and if that's singles ministry for you you know nursing and blogging for me like that that those things could totally change three five years from now right be totally interested in something else but i think as long as we're like you know running the race that we feel called to right now and we'll meet someone along the way yes absolutely absolutely well this was such a good conversation um i hope that everyone is encouraged and that you tune in next week for chapters seven through nine yes yeah all right until next time bye guys Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of We Don't Talk About It. We hope that you're reading along with us. Next week, we will be going over chapter 7, 8, and 9. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find Emily at Emily Ann Grinstead. And you can find myself, Beck, at The Enough Journal. Until next time, we don't talk about it.